Thank you for listening to the Renovate Life Church of God's broadcast. Here's today's message from our pastor, James Demmel. I want to ask you a question this morning as I get started. We started a series in James called The True Tip of the Spear. Today I'll be talking about the trials, the point to your pain. Have you ever wondered, is there any point to my pain? Are the trials in your life going to tear you apart? Or are they there to teach you how to be a better person? That's the question I want you to ask yourself as I teach you today. James chapter 5 verse 1, or chapter 1 verse 5, excuse me. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Who gives to all liberally and without reproach. And it will be given to him. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father. God, today we ask, Father, that you help us to understand your word. Lord, to hold it and to hide it in our heart that we might not sin against you, Father. Lord, I pray, God, that you sweep across this community of MacArthur. Lord, I pray that we see growth, not just in numbers, Father, but growth in the people that sit in the church pew. Lord, when we see growth in them, that's when we'll see growth in the church. Lord, I pray today, Father, that there are people that are going through tribulation and trials. They're going through circumstances that they don't have the answer for. And Lord, I pray today that you touch them, Father, that you instruct them with your word, God. Help them to fall on their knees in prayer, God. We worship you. Lord, we praise you. We lift you up. We magnify you. Sometimes I feel like that we can't say it enough. I know that we can't. God, I pray that you give them ears to hear this morning, but more importantly, that you open their heart, that they may apply your word to your heart, that they might not sin against you. We praise you. We thank you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Everybody said amen, amen. as you're seated. You have to bear with me this morning. I got up and I, I'm struggling to speak. I, I know that's hard for you to believe. James chapter 1, verse 5, I'm going to read it again. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to you. There are three types of people sitting in this room today. Group 1 are the people in the middle of the trial. You're in the middle of the tribulation. You're in the middle of the circumstance. Some of you may be in the middle of the sin. Not every trial is sin. We have to understand that. As you sit here and you listen to me, you're going through one of the most difficult circumstances of your life and you don't know what to do. That's group number one. Group number two, that's the group of you that are leaving the trial. You've been broken, but now you've broken away from that trial and, and you've started to feel some relief. You start to, you're starting to get away from that circumstance that had you bound. Group number two. Group number three. That is the group that has not hit the trial yet. You don't know that it's coming, but it's on its way. We don't like trials, but the truth is as long as you are living, you're going to have trials and tribulations in your life. And we need to get a hold of this book and understand what it says so that we can make it through it. Amen. So what I'm trying to say to you today is this word. This word that God gave us has something for everybody in this room this morning. You're either in a trial, you're either headed out of a trial, or you're falling into a trial. 
Trouble is unavoidable in life. Job said it this way. It's probably one of the most eye-opening scriptures in the Bible. Job 14 and 1 says, Man that is born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. Pastor, why? Because we have the human aspect of life. We, we are not deity. We're not perfect. We're human beings. And I don't know about you, but I fail and I fall and I mess things up. And, and sometimes it's because of me messing things up that trials come. But there are other circumstances that come out of nowhere. They blindside us. They hit us. And it's like a hurricane that hits our life and we don't know what to do. We don't know where to go. We don't know what's up and we don't know what's down. But I'm here to declare to you today that the trial comes so that God can push you forward. So that he can give you insight to what he wants to do. So that he can love on you and cherish you and push you into the next level of, his, of your relationship with him. Amen. And so there's another disclaimer. Even though I'm preaching to you this morning about trials. Not all of you will leave here today with the trial being ended. You may have the tools and you, you may have the understanding. But not all of you are going to leave here and the trial is going to be over. Some of you are going to continue to face the trial. Even after this service. That doesn't mean that not, God's not working on you. That do, doesn't mean that God's not walking step by step with you. He is taking care of you. He is touching you. He is instructing you. I feel like you all are asleep this morning. I don't preach to people that are asleep. So we need to wake up. Because I know for a fact there are people in this room going through struggles. You're going through trials. You're going through tribulation. And I know that you are sitting there thinking, what do I do? I'm here to declare to you today that God is going through the trial with you. Jesus Christ said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You may feel like you don't know which way is up, but he is here to help you today. And so he wants to touch you. Amen. Amen. The difference in understanding that the trial is here or the trial is coming is that if you get a hold of God's word, James tells us that you get insight into the trial. And instead of the trial controlling you, you get to have some understanding so that you can respond to the trial. That makes a huge difference in my life. I don't know about you. So there are three things that I can find in the book of James that help us as believers get through the trial, the tribulation, the circumstance, and the sin. The first one is one that we're not going to like because we're human people. The Bible says in James chapter 1, verse 2, count it all joy. As a matter of fact, my brethren, count it all joy when you have fallen into diverse temptations. That means temptation of every kind. When you're complaining, now hear me well. When you're bickering, when you're whining, when you got to get revenge, when, when you're giving the trial life because all you do is talk about the trial and it, all it is is on your mind and, and that's what you think about and that's what you talk about and that's everything you do. That is giving that trial life and God can't help you when all you can think about is the trial. You need to focus on Jesus Christ instead of the trial. No, hang on a minute, wait. Wait, don't clap yet. I ain't there. I ain't there. Sometimes you're going to be sitting in the trial. And you're not going to feel like that you're ever going to get out of it. 
You're not going to feel like God can help you. You're not going to feel like that, that this is ever going to get. It's never going to go. It's always going to stay. I don't know what to do. I don't even feel like going to church. I don't feel like talking to my family. Come on with me. Now you can clap. I don't feel like because that's truth. That's what we're dealing with is the truth. I don't feel like it. But God says, Jesus Christ said, and James said, count it all joy. Makes no human sense, Pastor. It does if you're a believer. Because you understand as a believer that God is up to something. The trial may overshadow you. The trial may feel bigger than what you are. But I am here to declare to you that Jesus Christ is bigger than any problem. He's bigger than any trial. He's bigger than any sin that ever faced you. Can I just tell you something today? Why in the world, when people sin or they mess up in the church, do we kick them while they're down? Because they are sinners just like you are sinners. And there is no difference in them than you. The fact of the matter is there is one difference. Does anybody know what it is? They got caught. The difference in their sin and your sin is someone exposed it to what was going on. We try to hide our sin. We try to keep it close to the breast so nobody sees us in the church because we want to come in wearing a three-piece suit that our wife got us with a little fancy orange thing and act like we're all great. But here I am to declare to you today that it's not the fact that we have sinned. It's the fact that we are nothing but sinners saved by the grace of God. Give him praise. So if you're a believer, you understand that God can help you. Now, I don't want you to miss what I'm saying. He does not mean for you to feel good about the pain of the problem. But he does say count. Now, watch this because this is an amazing revelation if you're listening and you're not on Twitter. He says count. He does not feel, say feel it all joy. He says count it all joy. Why? Because your feelings can betray you. The Greek word for count is an accounting term that means to evaluate. Well, now we're getting somewhere. How in the world, pastor, did you turn this around to talking about money? No, you've missed it. He said, evaluate it has nothing to do with money. What it literally is saying is sometimes in the middle of the trial, trials do not add up. Hmm? Sometimes the situation that you're facing, you cannot calculate. But, but what James is telling us is, hey, pastor, pull out your spiritual ca calculator. Hey, person sitting on the church pew, pull out your spiritual calculator and calculate what God is trying to tell you. Because the situation, the circumstance, the issue will not add up in your mind because it's bigger than you. But however, we serve a great big God in the middle of the circumstance that will help us and touch us and move on us. Hallelujah. So many times in the middle of the trial, we find ourselves asking why. That's how I know that it doesn't add up. Why? See if, see if any of you have done this. Why am I going through this? Why is this happening to me? Lord, I've, I've served you all my days. Why is this happening? 
Why am I going through this? Why does the struggle seem to move on and on and on? It's never relenting. It's always pushing me back. I try my best to do what God wants me to do. However, I can't get there. You ever been there? Some of you are there right now. James says, evaluate your trial. But he doesn't just say evaluate. He says evaluate your trial from the standpoint of joy. (laughs) You're asking too much from that platform this morning. I don't know what you mean, pastor. You got to stay with me. What he is saying is recognize. God is doing something even in the pain, even in the circumstance, even in the place where you feel like God is not there. You have to evaluate. You have to recognize. You have to gain understanding that the God that made the grass that you walk on is taking care of your issue. Amen. Amen. Evaluate. Recognize. Then you have to express to God. God, I don't know what your plan is. You ever been there? I can tell you I'm a place, at a place in my life with this church where I'm saying, God, I, I don't know what your plan is. I, here it is. I'm giving it to you because I have no idea what your plan is. But I know that through the pain, through the trials, through the circumstances, in my life, if I give it to you, something is going to change. I don't know what that something is. I, I, I don't, that's why we use the word something. Because we don't know. You know, when they, when they, have you ever heard people talk about they? Well, they did this and they did that. Who are they? Have you ever thought of that? I mean, I cannot calculate the word they. Like I'll come, I'll come through the church and there's something out of place or something, and I'll say, who did this? And I'll hear somebody say, they did it. They may have been the culprit, and they may have known who did it, but they used the word they. That's a great word because nobody gets blamed. They get blamed, and nobody knows who they are. Right? And so we do that in the church. We use word like, we don't know what's going to happen, but we know something is going to happen. But not just anything is going to happen with God. The Bible tells us that God is going to take you out of your trial. I don't know what your trial is, so I have to use the word something. But what I want you to understand is that God touches us where we're at. Our design and our purpose is specifically for you, Lynn Demmel. It's specifically for you, Brian Ison. It's specifically for you, Rossi Spry. God will touch you in the middle of your trouble in the midst of your trial in the midst of your situation specifically designed and planned for you amen he'll touch you now he says that we have to count it all joy because we know God is up to something but here's another part that we have to understand Your outlook on the situation determines your outcome. 
I'm going to say that one more time. Your outlook on the situation determines your outcome. Your attitude determines the action that you will take. Your attitude determines your action. The way that you act, the way that you even feel about a circumstance is what will either keep you in it or get you out of it. We will talk about the Eeyore. I haven't talked about Eeyore in a while. He's my friend. I deal with a lot of Eeyore Christians. Anybody know what Eeyore is? Eeyore is the woe is me guy on Winnie the Pooh. It's the donkey. Now, I'm not calling you a donkey. I'm just saying that it happened to be Eeyore on Winnie the Pooh. And he always lost his tail. Did anybody ever watch? I, I love Winnie the Pooh. Okay? Winnie the Pooh himself is kind of designed like I am. He's a little chunky and he likes sweets. Right? And so, what we find is those Eeyore people or the woe is me people. Eeyore used to say, I don't know what happened to my tail. I don't know how you're going to pin it on. There's nothing we can do. Right? Do you remember? We have Eeyore Christians. I'm totally shocked that Jesus just didn't write that term in the Bible. They come and they sat down at my desk. Well, pastor, I'm having some issues today. And you say, but the Bible says this and the Bible says that and the Bible wants you to do this and the Bible wants you to do that. And they say, okay. And they go their own separate way. Doing the same thing that they did before they ever talked to you. Action determines whether you're coming out of the trial or not. How do you feel about it? It doesn't matter, the Bible said. The Bible said, count it all joy. He didn't say to replace your pain. He didn't say that it wouldn't hurt. He said that to look at it from an aspect of joy. Amen? So, when you're going through the trial, your emotions can dictate your actions. So do not have an inappropriate reaction to a difficult situation. Why? Because many of you get caught up in this inappropriate reaction and God can't help you because you are working against him. Amen? Many of us think trials are never ending. It's because we're working against God who wants to help us. We're like a pendulum. Our feelings swing back and forth. One day we're the pastor's best friend. The next day we don't like him. He's done something to hurt our feelings. Why does any pastor stand on a platform? Because at any given moment there's 10 people mad and 10 people glad. I don't know. But the Bible says not to let your feelings, your emotions rule your thought process. He says, look at it from a spirit of counting it all joy. Do you understand that the Bible does not even say count it all happiness? Do you know why? Because the, your whole life is not going to be happy. Amen? Happiness is driven by the circumstance. I feel good. 
So it is good, right? I'm happy. But if you take it from the aspect of counting it all joy, it changes your whole perspective. Joy is not related to your circumstance. It's related to your decision. It has nothing to do with feeling is what it's saying, right? You count it all joy. You feel happy, right? Even though you don't feel good about anything, you can still count something joy. I don't get it, Pastor. I don't know what you're trying to say this morning. God, I have no idea what you're doing in my life. This message that the pastor's preaching is a total waste of time. Is it? If you look into the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, verse 15, the Bible says, looking diligently, lest any man fall of the grace of God. Lest any root of bitterness springs up, troubling you, and thereby many defying, being defiled. What happens when you count it all joy? Or you don't count it all joy? You lose the provision of God for your life. That's what Hebrews chapter 12 is telling us. Remember, grace is God's supply. It takes you to the next level. Grace is what allows you, mercy is what allows you to move forward because we are not worthy. So God, the Bible says, if you count it all joy, gives you more grace to move forward. So you cancel out God's grace if you don't count it as joy. You understand in that. You're awful quiet this morning. When you're going through the trial, you can make a decision, no matter how you feel. I have decided to be joyful. I have decided to count it all joy. I've decided to evaluate. I've decided to account. I've decided to count it all joy because God works inside of me. God has blessed me. I don't feel like it sometimes. It seems like I'm in the muck, in the mire, but God will touch you. He will be with you. Count it all joy. Now listen. Even in my circumstances, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Your circumstance doesn't matter because he authored your beginning and he finished it with your faith. Hallelujah. But that's not it, the end of it. He says, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and it sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Even in your trial, even in your circumstances, God can move you forward. Jesus was not happy about going to the cross, but he didn't go to the cross because of Friday. He went to the cross because of Sunday because he knew that there was a resurrection coming. Listen, he knew that he would endure, endure pain. He knew that he would endure trial. He knew that he would endure tribulation. However, I don't know if you can hear me well or not. However, resurrection was coming. He counted it all joy. Amen. Amen. He wasn't happy about the cross. He was joyful about resurrection, not crucifixion. He was joyful for what God was going to do after the trial. Pastor, that's all great. 
That's Jesus. He was deity. He can endure this. I can't endure this. Well, that's, I'm glad you said that. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. Unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the measure of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. This is a guy named Paul. He's just like you and me. The Bible says he has a trial. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that means three times, that it might depart from me. He prayed to God, let this cup pass from me, get it away from me. I don't want nothing to do with it. But the Bible says in verse 9, and he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Paul counted it all joy. Watch. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. What he's saying is, I'm in the midst of the struggle. God is telling me that it's not going to pass me, but I am going to count it joy anyway because God is with me. Verse 10, therefore, I take pleasure. I take pleasure in my infirmities, in my reproach, in my necessities, in the persecution. And distresses for Christ's sake, for when I am weak, when I am weak, when I am weak, then I am made strong. Did you hear it? Do you feel it this morning? I've got issues on every side. I've got infirmities. I've got trials and tribulations. There's nothing I can do. But God said, through my weakness, you got to show yourself weak. How do you show yourself weak? You fall to your knees in prayer and you say, God, I'm turning this over to you. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. I don't know what's up and I don't know what's down. Sometimes my life seems bogged in the mud and I can't get out. But Lord, I'm turning it over to you because I know that you are the author and finisher of my faith. You will get me through it and I'll be better because of it. Amen. Count it all joy. James chapter 1 verse 2. My brother, count it all joy when we fall into diverse temptations. He says, count it all joy. Not some joy. Well, how do you get an understanding of count it all joy, pastor? When a mother starts a pregnancy, by week 10 to 12, she's sick as a dog. She's throwing up. She don't want nothing to do with that baby. She can't believe that she was excited about pregnancy. She don't, she's just sick of it. But along about week 20, 25, she gets over that, and she starts to enjoy that thing starting to kick around in her. There's things that kick around in me sometimes. <laughs> she starts to enjoy that pregnancy. But when she gets to the birthing position... When they get her into the doctor's office and she's ready to have that baby, the pain starts to occur. Her back starts to hurt. They say that it's the worst pain that anybody could experience. And she starts to go into travail and it hurts and she screams and she hates her husband and she tells him everything she thinks of him. Why is all the women laughing? The guys are just sitting there like...
The mother counts it all joy, although she's going through tremendous pain. Now watch this. She don't know what the baby looks like. She don't know what gender the baby is. She don't know anything about the baby. The baby can come out with three heads. She doesn't know anything. But when the baby gets in the birthing canal, the mother starts to realize that this is something real. She will endure the pain. She will endure the issue. She will endure the trauma that happens to her body just because she knows something is about to happen that she's been waiting nine months for. Count it all joy. She experiences more pain than most people ever understand. But at the end, what she realizes is that she is holding life in her hands. And that's more important than the pain that she felt. That's the same with our Christian walk. When you see what God is going to do after the pain, it changes the way that you do things. Thank you for joining us today. If this message has uplifted you, we would love to hear your story. Go to www.renovatelifecog.com and click contact. Your testimonies are a blessing to us throughout the week. Renovate Life is a place of healing for the lost, the broken, the weak, weary, and stray.